Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church. And what you're about to listen to was a sermon that was preached at our Wednesday night gathering from 6.30 to 8.30 with our students. So I hope that this sermon is encouraging and a blessing to you today. Thanks for listening. The passage I want you guys to remember tonight is Galatians 4. So begin to turn there as I kind of open us up. Galatians 4 is where we'll be at. I'm going to pray. So hang, hang on to turning there for a second. I'll pray and then you can turn to Galatians 4. Heavenly Father, thank you for a night to be gathered together with these uh, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. They're your children, Lord. Thank you for your word which convicts us and teaches us and leads us and shows us who you are. God, it's so sweet that you would give us a word from your very mouth to, to tell us who you are, to tell us what you've done for us. And as we move through this uh, series on salvation, God, I pray that you reveal more and more to the students and to my own heart through your word and by your spirit applying it to us, what you're doing for us. What is this? What does it mean that salvation is all of grace? God, you're so good. Grace is that you've given us things that are undeserved, Lord. All of this is undeserved. And so we praise you and glorify you and pray that as we hear your word, as we sit under your word, God, that, that we would be changed by it, that we would be um, made to see who you are more and made to fall more in love with who you are made to praise you more for the grace that you've shown us. So I pray that you'd be with these students and with me now, Lord. Humble us under your word and teach us. Amen. All right, well, welcome, junior hires. I hope you're in Galatians 4 by now. Tonight, we're gonna be talking about adoption. Okay, so we've gone, we're doing a sermon series that is called All of Grace. We're seeing how God's plan of salvation for people whether you're saved or not saved, God's, God has a plan of salvation. If you've accepted it, that's awesome. If you haven't, you need to accept it. And I will plead with you tonight to accept it. But we want to see how is salvation all of God's grace. And so from beginning to end it is. We've seen election. We've seen calling. We've seen regeneration. We've seen God give faith and repentance and conversion. We've seen God justify sinners. But now we come to this doctrine of adoption. And it is in God's grace that he adds on to all these other things that he's given us, this doctrine of adoption. Those whom he saves, he, he removes the brand of slavery that's on them. You are a slave to the world. You are a slave to your sin. You are a slave to the law. What God does in adoption is removes the brand of slavery that's on you and he puts instead a crown. He makes you a son. He puts the honor of sonship on you. And just before we get started with this, girls, it is not that you cannot become sons of God, okay? It's not that you will not be welcomed into the, as a child of God, all right? When I say sons of God, I mean child of God. But in the ancient times, it was specifically a son that you would want to be. You would not want to be daughters in the ancient world, right? They just didn't have as many honors or benefits as sons did. So when I say sons, translate that as child of God, but a child with benefits and with honors, okay? We good? All right. So Galatians 4. Let's just read what Paul says here. Paul, God's words are far better than mine. So let's read Galatians beginning in chapter three, verse 29. If you are Christ, Paul says, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Entering into verse, or chapter four, he says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he's the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date that is set by his father. And in the same way, we also... When we were children, we're enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Great. Let's take that section. What is, what's Paul saying here? 
Paul is saying, Paul is telling us, Paul is telling me and you, that you were at one time a slave. You were once a slave. That's the first thing we have to note in this passage. Once a slave. And the word Paul uses here is that of slavery. If you want to sound really, really smart in your life group, remember this word. It's a Greek word. Doulos. It's a, it's a term of slavery. It's, it means to be a slave. We're enslaved, bound to, subject to the will of. We can't do anything. Start, start getting pictures of slavery in your mind. What, what do you picture when you, see, when you think of slavery? Picture that in your mind. In the ancient world, people did not get a choice to be what they wanted to be. You couldn't just be born a slave and be like, oh, I think I want to be an architect. Or I want to drive a taxi. Or I want to be the queen of England. You were born into whatever profession um, your parents were in. And so Paul's saying here, when he says that you were a child, he's saying you were born into this slavery. This is a slavery that you inherit. You're born into it. And Paul says we're slaves to what? We want to know what the master is, right? Who's the master of these slaves? Paul says it right here for us. We were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. What are elementary principles? Sounds like the people who are over your elementary school. It's just a big group of people who rule your elementary school, your principles. It's a bad joke, sorry. Elementary, elementary principles. Thanks, Sebastian. Elementary principles. The law. Paul's talking about the law here, the law of Moses. He's saying we're slaves to the law. We're bound in our sin and we're slaves to the law. And what the law requires further, he's saying you can't do. And so, so begin thinking about things, times when you know you've broken God's law. When the law says do, what we do is we don't do it. And when the law says don't do something, what we do is we do go and do it. We, all, we, we do what is contrary to the law because of the sin nature in us. Paul's saying you're enslaved to that. And if your mind races back to, to lies that you've told your parents or to times when you've hurt a, a sibling or a friend intentionally, things you've thought of that you shouldn't think of, that, that's the law working on your heart. It's, it's stinging you. It's telling you, yeah, you're in slavery. You're bound to this. That's the reality before God acts on us. And so every single act as well that you do, even if you think it's a good act, if your mom tells you to go clean your room and you do go clean it, or if she asks you to help her with dinner and you go help her with dinner, any good act you do is still stained by your sin because you're a slave. And so it's, it's sad, that, it's sad that, that we have to go through this, this area, one through three. This is a sad section in scripture. But we see what Paul does next. And when, in verses four through five, look at your Bibles. Once we recognize that we are slaves, Paul says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman and born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. There's that word, adoption. And sons, guys and girls, you are adopted as sons. And so the only way that someone can become taken out of the kingdom of slavery and become a son is if the son of God steps down and fulfills that law that we're a slave to. If he comes under that nature, that's what it means when it says that when, that when the fullness of time had come, that means when God had chosen that it should be. God sent forth his son. God sent forth Christ. He's born under the law. He, he comes under that. What we're slave to, he comes under it. He's born in the same nature that we are. Born as a human. Why? Verse five is in order to redeem those who were under the law. And that's you and I. That's in order to redeem us so that we might receive adoption as sons. So Christ coming, obeying the law, God did that in order that we might be adopted as sons. Children. 
And so we even see this. We Take a picture, for example. You, you're a slave on an estate, okay? Imagine that. And there, a, a manor, right? A palace. And so you're in the courtyard with all the other slaves doing your work, and you really can't do your work very well. And the son comes out of the palace, or the manor, or the estate. He takes off his kingly garb, and he wraps a towel around himself, like a slave's garb, right? And then he proceeds to go do all your chores for you that you have to do as a slave, but he does them perfectly, What we do with half hearts, Christ does with a full heart because he's trying to please his father. He does his father's will. But then even after that, he's taken out and he's killed because we didn't do our chores rightly. We didn't do them with with full hearts. And so this is what Jesus does. If you go read through the gospels, guys, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, you'll see this. In Luke 2, go, go check me on this. In Luke 2, it says that Jesus is circumcised. It says that he's purified according to the law of Moses. It says that he's brought into the temple. These are all things that the law required. And then later he's actually baptized. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. But before he does, he's like, Lord, why, why would I baptize you? You should be baptizing me. But Jesus says, you're going to baptize me because I have to fulfill all of the law. And then beyond that, his heart was one of perfect obedience. It was a grateful obedience. It was a joyful obedience to his father's will. A slave, a slave will never be as mindful of his master's commands as a son will be of his father's will. Think about that. And so this is, this is where the transfer of nature happens. We were once slaves, verses 1 through 3, and 4 and 5 is where this transfer begins to happen. That God sends forth his son, born of a woman, born of the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And so by believing on the son of God, we then become sons of God. By believing on the Son of God, we then become children of God. We are welcomed into God's family because we have believed on the Son of God. Put our faith in Him. But this is, this is where it gets so beautiful and it's so great. This is not the limit of God's grace towards us. If salvation is all of grace, right here in adoption, this is not yet the limit of where God's grace goes. This is not the limit of His goodness towards us. So you were once a slave, firstly. Secondly, you are now a son, but God doesn't stop there. Read what, read what Paul says in verses 6 and 7. Look at your Bibles. And because you are sons, God has now sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And so you are no longer a slave, but you're a son. And if you are a son, then you are an heir through God. This is what we have to see. Progression. You were once a slave, you are now a son, and you are an heir. This is absolutely unparalleled, unheard of grace. This is where if you have received this gift, this is where your heart should begin to exult in, in who God is and what he has done for you. This, this doesn't even make sense. In the real world, if you see a criminal or someone comes into your house and, and takes something from you, they commit an offense against you and your parents wake up the next morning, what if they said, you know what, actually we're gonna adopt that guy. That's crazy. We wouldn't do that as humans. And then they, on top of that, they say, and also we're going to write him into our will. That's what it means to be an heir. We are to inherit the kingdom of God with Christ. We inherit, we inherit blessings from God. And so you and I, like, like the prodigal son, we should be, he comes back to his father and he's like, father, I will be a slave in your house. I'm cool just tending the sheep or, or washing your clothes or making you dinner. We should be happy to, peel potatoes and to clean the sink in our master's kitchen. But now he's made us a son. 
And then on top of that, he made us an heir. So he took us from the kitchen and set us at his table. He takes us from his table and he sets us at, at his side and he, he gives to us what is his. And so Paul even says here, what is the sign of our sonship? How do we know? How do we know that we have been adopted into the family of God? Look at verse six. Because you are sons of God, God has spent, sent the spirit of his own son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And so you have received the Holy Spirit to mark you as a son. That's part of your inheritance. That's the first little bit of glory that you get to taste. That's, that's part of what God has given to you. And so there, there is definitely in this a response. If you've been brought out of slavery and you've been made sons and you've been made heirs, there's a response that happens in that. And so there's two things that we see in our responses. One is a responsibility, a responsibility as sons. Think about that. What is a son if not obedient? Sons, sons are to be obedient to their fathers. And if you, if you actually look in scripture, if you were to go through, I'll give you a couple of verses and you can look them up on your own. First is Romans 8, 15. And Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. And 1 John 3, 9 through 10. And we'll snap through them, but look them up when you go home tonight. Every time that sonship or adoption is mentioned in scripture, it's mentioned in the context of obedience. So Paul says in Romans, you've been given the spirit of the son. You've been made a son, given the spirit of the son. Not to fall back into slavery to sin, but in order to, in order to cry out to God. Or Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says that God has saved us basically, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That's obedience. And then it says, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Obedience and adoption. Or 1 John 3, 9 through 10. No one who belongs to God, no one who's in the family of God continues in sin. You won't love your sin anymore because you will be sitting at the table of the most high, most glorious king. And so our question for us, question for you to ask yourself in your heart and a question for you to ask in life group, do you bear a likeness to your heavenly father? In earthly terms, sons look like their fathers. I actually look like my mother more. But sons will bear a resemblance to their father, right? It's a, a family resemblance. So the question for you is, does my heart, do my motives, do my affections bear a resemblance to those of my heavenly father? Is the old saying, like father, like son, true of you? You're, you are no longer under the harsh regulations, no longer under the tutor of the law that, that beats you every time you mess up. But God, in his, in his, as a father, disciplines when we don't adhere to his law. But we obey then out of the same thing that Christ obeyed. It was his heavenly father. He longed to obey him. He longed to do his will. And now as sons, we long to do the will of God. And secondly, and this is so sweet and, and where the grace that God has shown to us is just taken right into our lives. First, as sons, we have responsibility. Second, as sons, we have rest. We have rest in our sonship through Jesus Christ. What benefits? You guys want to know that? In adoption as sons, what kind of benefits is God going to give to you? What kind of benefits will God give to you as his son? Or, or what kind of honor is there in being a son? You, as a son of God or child of God, you receive his name. You are pitied, provided, protected. 
you're, you're chastened or disciplined. That means that God, instead of punishing you and, and condemning you for disobeying his law, that means when you disobey his law that he teaches you, he disciplines you, he does what a father does. As children of God, we're never cast off. If you were a parent and you had a baby, you would never just, as soon as they started crying, you're like, wow, you're annoying. God doesn't do that for us either. We're never cast off. And we inherit the promises of eternal salvation. That's where heirship comes in. Heirship, we inherit from God the promises of eternal salvation. And finally, we can draw near to the throne of grace. We can draw near with boldness to the throne of grace. We can come to God in prayer. We can seek him out because of our sonship. And so I, I don't know where all of your family lives are at. Some of you may have great fathers and you, and you love your fathers. Some of you may have very poor fathers. Some of you may not have fathers at all. And for every single one of you, this is a, a very sweet doctrine. This is a very sweet uh, passage of scripture because it's telling you that God is your father. And we have to remove the idea of our earthly fathers from that of our heavenly father. Because God is a perfect father. Any father, whether good or bad or non-existent, is a man. He's a man. He's flawed. He's human, like me and like every one of you. But we know in our adoption from our heavenly father that God is perfect. And so, those of you who are without fathers, that longing that you might have for a father, know that you have that in God. If you've accepted Christ, then you can have that in God. Those of you who have great fathers, that's awesome, first of all. I have a very good father. But know that God's that much better than, that amplifies, that shows you, it amplifies who God is. And so, I want you all in this passage, Paul sums it up so beautifully. Galatians 4, 7. He says, so you are no longer a slave. Mark that. If you have believed in Christ Jesus, you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if you are a son, then an heir through God. That's beautiful. That's the outline of this entire passage, and it's beautiful. And I want you to walk away with that one verse tonight. I want you to talk about it in life groups. I want you to dwell on it. When you fall asleep tonight, I want you to think about it. When you wake up tomorrow morning, I want you to think about that. It's a change of state, a change of nature before God that you've been adopted into his family. And if you have not been adopted into the family of God, then you're, all, you're an enemy of God right now, an enemy of a holy God. But the freeness that Christ offers, the freeness of Christ coming down and, and taking off that kingly garb, doing your chores, although you're a slave, that's offered to you if you have not accepted it. But if you have accepted Christ, if, Christ, if the Holy Spirit has made you new, you've had faith and repentance, this This should be something that you think on all the time. This should be something that you walk out of these doors. If you guys walk out of these doors singing hymns, good for you. I want you to walk away exulting, like praising God when you see this. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. That does not happen apart from the grace of God. And so rest in your sonship. Joyfully take up your responsibility as sons and daughters. Praise God for making you a son. That's the response. Praise God for making you a son. Let's pray to our Father in heaven.